This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido Fresno. With me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido Fresno. All right. We're eating candy. Yep. Is yeah. this... Uh, Hopefully we're not eating it into the mics. Yeah. Is this Valentine's Day candy? No, fuck Lepto- no. It's just <laughs> no, fuck no. It's just normal candy. Yeah, it's yeah. normal candy. Okay. It's movie There's theater some, candy. We've got some Sour Patch um, Sour conversation Patch, hearts. Yeah. I guess those are Valentine's because they're heart-shaped. Yeah. yeah. But this is... The rest this is, is just candy. It's candy. candy-shaped. Yes, it's candy season. Candy. Candy yeah. season. We love it's candy. candy season, guys. Here we yeah. are. Enjoy. Yeah. Remember that podcast we had on <laughs> dieting? Not being a fatso, yep. That's going to come back around in a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll have to all listen to that one. Listen back. Take our own damn advice. That's right. But on this podcast, candy. We're talking about candy. The best candy for Aikido. Candy. If you if you want to have those secret Aikido powers, you better start better. eating a Zagonut. <laughs> Zagonut. <laughs> Zagonut. The one candy nobody knows. Nah, see, that's a good one. You sent you sugar sent daddies all and all of our Zagnets. listeners to Google to find out what Zagnets. Cadbury cream eggs. All mm-hmm. right, Fifth Avenue. So uh, for this podcast, we are going to be talking about the business of Aikido and uh, how that sort of affects how it the, ruins Aikido. Well, <laughs> I don't want to say ruin, but how it affects the way that the (laughs) that the art can kind of populate itself right i mean and because the the truth about it is that when you have to when people are making a money making money at a thing uh and changes the game it changes things and so uh you know there are things that it could be that Aikido has not progressed as far along as it could have because there were a there was a group of instructors for better or worse who were um, spending time uh, thinking about their business instead of thinking about their um, in in practice right. and they maybe and you know I'm not they were probably doing both that you know I'm not saying that but. Is it? I mean, it seems to <laughs> Don't me like that's a thing that happened. I mean, I, I just let Josh, like I just like well, for better or worse, they ignored all of Aikido and just focused all, on the bank account. That was <laughs> a nicer way of saying what Chris just said. In, in what well, you said in thirty words, that's, he took like five. Like, that's not what I'm. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not putting it. I'm not putting it. That you want to be open minded towards and, it. And B, I'm not putting judgment on it. Right? Or, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I understand that it is. That there is there is a business uh, aspect to it. I am posing the question whether or not um, the business aspect may have hurt the art. Question mark. Question mark. That the business aspects I don't even know. I didn't even know that was possible. It can be a business, right? (laughs) Well, like, what have I been doing? (laughs) When people call me a businessman, I always I always have like. I'm the biggest fraud you've ever met. So, <laughs> which is funny because um, I think on the flip side of that, like I don't think anyone would ever call you a fraud in regards to martial arts. No, where I actually care about that. Wherein I think there are, and I don't. I'm not going to say this about Aikido um, schools specifically. Other schools uh, of other arts, I know for a fact that people think that they're frauds when it comes to martial arts you know oh, right yeah so there's you been may, a, those accusations have been made you about know that and and i think that's true and i think one of the things that that feeds that is the idea like having to um put a business plan t- together and sell something that maybe isn't designed to be sold you know yeah so yeah, that's a, I mean, I think here's that's a, a... Here's a question. Back in the day, like in the early, early, early days when uh, O-sensei, or maybe even Saito, what, was, that, was that the business? I mean, I... Or did so they do other stuff? I think, and, this is, I think this is a good thing to talk about. I think... I think Ueshiba kind of fancied himself a businessman, but I think he was terrible at it. Um, because 
he he had a business and he kind of gave it away. He kind of gave everything he had away. You know, like it, it just doesn't seem like I, I read stuff and it's like, oh, he just gave away his farm. Okay, well that's cool. Yeah, no, those oh, are, yeah, those people paper are not, store not good businessmen. Gave, gave that away. Okay, well, um, I think, wait. So let's step back. So a businessman is someone who attempts endeavors to make, to make money, money off on of something. something. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, like you know, his dad was wealthy. Yoshiba's dad was wealthy, and um. I think he just had not really had to worry too much about money, and so, so he didn't it wasn't. Care about it. Yeah, but but he did care, and so this is where it's confusing. Like he did care about like rubbing elbows with the social elite. I mean, that was definitely something he was interested in, and he did a good job of that. I mean, that's why I could as popular as he did because you know he was hanging out with admirals and people who are in charge of business and all kinds of stuff. Um, but I think the promotion of what he was doing, his art, was the more interesting thing to right, him. Right. Um, his son, on the other hand, who has got a giant organization or had a giant organization, um, was much more interested right. in, in businesses. I think we would see it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, maybe part of that too is like, yeah, um, America has a weird, like, capitalism's a weird thing. So business, and especially now, like, business is a weird thing to kind of even talk about sometimes because what is what even is a business, you know? But I, we're talking about. For the most part, small businesses. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, the what we were when we were talking the other day about, or the one of the last podcasts about <clears throat> the state of martial arts. You know, um, thinking about that really brought this uh, to me because it's like, you know, um, there are some martial art, some martial arts that have, I think, had good businessmen behind them. For instance, Krav Maga. To me, is oh like, yeah, Taekwondo. Uh, I mean, there's there's the right. Yeah. Those are all like from a business standpoint. If you you know, if you were for instance someone who was interested in martial arts, don't care about what kind, right? You're just like I like martial arts. I like whatever. Um, I want to start a business, being a teacher. What can I go into? Mm-hmm. You know, Taekwondo, Krav Maga. The, that's an easy in. That you, you know, you go, you learn, you get your little certificate or whatever, you pay them a certain whatever, and you're in. And you can easily be making money because it has a brand that people understand. So you're essentially franchising. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Martial arts. I mean, I, mean, I think anytime you say business, what what you're saying is, you know, like, I am interested in making money. That's the that's the objective here, is to make money. Like, that is what I'm doing, you know. Right. And, and I think businessmen generally buy things that people like. And then make a more efficient business out of it. They make it more efficiently make money. And, and then that's where it goes, you know. And and to me, I mean, the downfall of any martial artist once it gets to be a business, you know. Like, um, you look at, you know, and this is happening right now with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I mean, we're, we're still at the in the height of it. So it doesn't seem that way yet. But, you know, there's a lot of schools right now where you don't roll anymore. Like, you don't grapple, like, until you're a blue belt. And so it's like there's this stable of people who are good because they were raised, you know, like when I was saying jujitsu, like, you know, whatever, when you would just start grappling right away right. and those and people all got good, good real quick. And, right. Yeah. But the problem with that is, and this is the this is the thing with all martial arts is like you get hurt more. It is hard. You have to work out. You have to be in shape. You have to be good. I mean, like all that stuff's hard and it's hard. There's a lot more road bumps early on yeah, for right. people yeah, on that path. Yeah. And so like, you know, once And you, that also cuts every one of those roadblocks is one less person that is- That sticks around. Is outside of your uh, business funnel. Right, that's right. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one less person that gets funneled into giving you money. Right. Yeah, you know, if, if you look at, you know, the populace and like, you know, 10% of all people are interested in martial arts, it's like, well, only 5% of those will actually spar. Well, only 5% of those will actually keep them, of that will keep themselves in shape. You know, only 2% of that will continue to hide like the black belt level, you right. know? So, so it's like, it gets narrowed down to this tiny little thing. Well, if you've got success with your martial art, you'll build a bunch of those people just because so many people do it. And then once that happens, those people can all kind of go, oh, well, now how do we make money at it? And, right. and the way to make money at it is to soften it, you know? So, like, you see this a lot with boxing and kickboxing and stuff now where it's like, oh, we have cardio classes along with our actual right. boxers. And so that way the regular people come and they get to feel like they're boxers, right. but they don't get hit in the head. It's and, funny. And, I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I take boxing boxing classes, you know? Right. And um, 
I don't know because I've never been there to watch them, but I can kind of assume what it is that they're because I know the people and and again no judgments, but like I don't think they're getting punched and you know right um, yeah actually not learning to box right so I mean they're definitely hitting things you know um, and doing boxing stuff stuff mm-hmm. but yeah they're probably not learning to box yeah um, there there's a class that they're taking for an hour you know yeah I mean Taekwondo they they came out with this this thing in the late 90s that was like the idea of black belt academy is what it was called you know and like you would see that everywhere you know Taekwondo the black belt academy come and sign up cost you like you know 2500 bucks or whatever and then I'm, I'm actually it's probably was way more than that but you know whatever some some big thing at the beginning and then we promise you we'll train you to black belt now the promise is legit meaning that they will train you until you get a black belt but most people will train for three months and then they're that's it you know like right um and they get to say for the rest of their life you know oh i'm a member of that school i'm part of the black belt system or you know whatever i mean they can say that for the rest of their life so Mm -hmm. so, i mean that was a clever thing a clever way to make money it was a horrible way to promote your art you know like and it depends on what you mean by promote because i say that and people who are financially minded they say no it was a great way to promote your art i mean you got so many people through the door well taekwondo everybody knows that the reason we're talking about it right now is because it was a great way to promote the art right so essentially so some of the things promote right so some of the things that that what from what you're saying that martial arts that we've seen happen in the martial arts world already for people that are that are business focused is um uh have programs where people um do easier stuff yes. because it's yeah, more comfortable. Yeah, water everything down. It um, has to be accessi- accessible. Uh-huh. Accessible, more accessible. They make it more, more accessible. More levels. More levels. I was just right? going to so say. More colored belts. Right. So Level when up. I did, look at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu right now, right? When mm-hmm. I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I don't think anyone had stripes. The concept didn't right. exist. You had a white belt, you had a blue belt, you had a purple belt, you had a brown belt, and you had a black belt. And that was it. And that's what, so what you're essentially saying is that's um, finding different areas for like constant little streams right. of revenue. Each one of those know? is a test that, that costs that cost a fee. Money. And, right. yep. So, and then also you said like have big pay up front things where it's like, you know, three months, you know, for this deal or, you know, uh, a one year contract so, I mean, I or, think, you know, like yeah, that stuff kind of like stuff. Yeah, like that is, is pretty fair. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever. It's all what it is. You but know, what I'm like saying I, is yeah. like, those are the steps that you take right. to make your martial or a business. And when you, we, like, as we're talking about, like when you put all those things, when you start to put them together, it changes, changes the kind of people you get through the door and who sticks around and... It changes the, the classes, right. you know, or at least the composition of them. One one of our students at the dojo, he's a uh, licensed therapist, and um, I, I can't tell you the no, the letters, but you know, he's, he's a licensed therapist. An LCSW. Okay, he's an LCSW. <laughs> um, anyways, but uh, he he works for this group, and they're um, one of these. There's a million of these right now around here, where it's like. Um, you know, they get government money to take care of a group of people, right? So, like, you know, either, like, uh, people who are elderly or people who are um, some way handicapped or, I don't know, you're not supposed to say that anymore, able. right? Yeah, differently, differently able, able, whatever yeah. I'm supposed to say. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, there's these different things. And <clears throat> they have to hire, you know, so many nurses and they have to have so many therapists and they have to have so many, you know, uh, all the different kinds of people you have to have, right? So he got called into a meeting. And everybody's sitting around the table, and he said that the person who who was in charge of the group, the person who owned the group, um, they were like, you know, hey, you, Bill, you're a nurse, so your job is to X, Y, Z. And and Ted, you're a um, uh, secretary, so your job is X, Y, Z, right? And so it goes around and tells all the people what their job is, right? And then says, my job is to make money. That's what I do. I make the money. And it was funny because the, the way that I think about the world, which is probably not the greatest way to think about the world in lots of ways, but is, um, you know, I want to have abilities. I want to have skills and abilities so I can rely on my skills and abilities. And so to me, saying that would be the stupidest thing in the world because you're, well, you're the only person then who's useless because right. you don't do anything but make money. But the point they were making, and, and a valid point when you think about a business is, that's the only person who's actually important right. because none of those other people can you make get, money. You would not get paid. Right. That's right. Right. So that was the flip side of uh, the the question of this is like so yes it changes we know that it's it's going to change the martial art but what's the alternative like what's the alternative to um, that if you at all care about the art becoming anything um, more you know and and we can talk a little bit about this because I think I Aikido and we've talked about this before on past episodes has some things built in that make it really nice. 
from a business perspective, right? Because accessibility, um, whatever. So it has some things that other martial arts don't that are already built in that make it a better business. But um, what's the alternative to that if you want the thing to thrive at all? It's you and four guys in a garage, you know, which is... I mean, well, we I, did for a long time. yeah, I mean, I think you really have to understand what thrive means. And honestly, 10 years ago, I probably would have give you a different answer than I'm going to give you right now. To me, thrive means you have a reliable, good system that does what it says it's going to do. And people who practice it can recognize it for that and can gain ability in it. You know, like that's to me what a successful martial arts system is. And, and I am constantly endeavoring to make Aikido as I teach it a success. Um, but, uh, I, 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 if, if your goal is to have, you know, You're 10 never, million right, people right. Uh, doing it and being black belts or whatever, you know, like, then that's that's a different thing. You and know? you probably are also uh, never going to be, um, you know, have the second home, have the no, I'm uh, sports never car, have the, you yeah. know, <laughs> uh, chalet in the, you yeah, know. Unless, unless I hit it rich on the lottery or, or come <laughs> right. up with some great idea. Yeah. But, it, but it's like, you know, that's just the kind of person I am and I'm not I'm just saying that like I just give more of a shit about like having abilities and things right. those are more interesting to me than um, having a lot of money and money's right. nice and, and the bit but the, the the business model there then changes for you because right like so instead of you only need as much money uh, at the end of the day to cover your bills and make sure that you personally can eat and have a place to live yeah, right that's, right yeah. That's different than someone who uh, has to also yeah, pay support a mortgage three kids and, and have dentist right, bills. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, it's a right. totally different thing. Well, just maintaining the, the, the business is different than growing the business. That's right. And I think something to talk about, which we kind of, we danced around but haven't talked about yet, is um, so what does doing, creating um, the dojo as a business um, what does it do to the martial art? You know, what actually does it, is it, is there negative consequences? And I think I would say that like, as a person, if you're, if you're operating a dojo yourself, um, and you're trying to balance, um, uh, making it the best possible thing that it can be product. Ugh, I hate that word, but like, you know, making classes good and making the system solid and being the best teacher you can be versus promoting and spending time finding ways to um, streamline parts of your business and focusing on the business side is you've only got so many resources and I think that's the biggest issue with it is that like you're if it's if it's just one person say you're just one person and you have the resources and time of one person 24 hours in the day and if you split it up doing right yeah and so whatever time that you spend um focusing on making the classes good or going to you know teachers seminars or whatever you want to call it like that's time that you take away from or resources that you take away from spending on building Building the business and vice versa too if you're building the business then you're not spending time on thinking how can this be better you know as like how can we teach our students better i think definitely that is an obstacle especially in the beginning if Mm -hmm. you know you want to have a business Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think overall it's the biggest obstacle that's faced. Um, it, it's a piece of it, but like, so I think the biggest obstacle faced is mm-hmm. when you want to have something that's successful and successful means a lot of people want to do it right yeah. to, to partake in it. You have to make the most general product you possibly can. Right. So like, Oh look, yeah. Uh-huh. It's why, you know, if you go to a mom and pop, uh, Thai place and you ask for something spicy, it will blow your mind and burn your tongue out of your mouth because they they're gonna give it to you like a a, spy, a Thai person wants right, spicy right. food. Right. But if you go to like you know mix spices, <laughs> then 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 and you order the hottest thing, it's gonna be this mild piece of crap because they can't afford to burn people's mouths, right? You know uh, if if it's you the Starbucks, if the, you make yeah, you burn all of your. Beans that's right. So it all so tastes they the all same, taste right? The same so that you don't right because like mm. the more specific you make it to people who are into something then the the fewer people can actually participate in that something you know and so so it's like that's really what kills it because you have to water it down and so that's why you're seeing all this stuff now that's like well look of course i can box and i can wrestle and i can use knives and i can shoot guns and i can you know all this stuff because it's like well then yeah you got to do all that but the thing is then none of them can actually you know right right you You, say you can do all this but you can't do it you're roping in all the people that are interested in boxing and wrestling and knives and guns and you get all those people but you don't do any one of them very right, well right and yeah. a piece of that's kind of what i think maya is saying which is mm-hmm. like you know there's only so much time the teacher can 
spend on all those things. But, you know, you could get a staff. Like, if you got big enough, yeah. you could get a staff to do all that. But the problem is it has to be made general so people can do it, right. you know? Um, and I think Aikido, it's funny, Josh, you were saying um, Aikido's got some built-in stuff that make it a good business. And I think that is true. And it's really appealing, and that's why it got big in the 90s. But it also has an inherent problem that other things don't. So let's say we look at CrossFit, right? And it's not a martial art, but you, you'll see the thing. Um, if you got CrossFit, you can have some insane CrossFit people who are like live, breathe, and eat CrossFit, and they're crazy with muscles on top of muscles, and you know they they just they're these crazy beasts who can do all these you know heavy duty wads who work out of the days thing. That is a small percentage of the people who do right. CrossFit and why CrossFit's hugely popular. Most of the people can't do 10 right. sit-ups followed by 10 squats. But they followed see by, the other guys and right. it gives them something to look at. And I then see, they get to tell people, I, I do CrossFit. I see where you're going. Right. With, I see where you're going with it. That right. name carries weight. Right, that's right. Yeah. And so the problem with Aikido and why it's got an inherent problem is Aikido doesn't have no anyone one, right. to point to other than an old man who lived a long time ago, right? So like, And Steven Seagal. Yeah, and yeah, and I mean, uh, both of those guys have got questionable problems. So it's two people in right. all of Aikido you can point at, you know, and right. you can point it to other people, but no one else gets it because that person just does Aikido. And so to an Aikido person, that person, Christian Tissier or something, might look awesome. Right, right. But you show Christian Tissier to a regular person, they go, oh, you know, whatever, yeah. that's that stuff. Right. There's no weight that comes with that anymore. That's Any, right. Uh, brown brand power, I guess, is right. what you would call that. Right. That's right. right. But if, if you're a, if you're a world championship boxer, you are a badass boxer, and then you can water it down as much as you want, and people want to train at your boxing gym, and yeah. they get your name, and you know, like I box at De La Hoya's boxing gym. It's like, right. oh, well, you must be awesome because De La Hoya was awesome, right? Yeah. Right. Got it. That's why jujitsu is really big, partially. Is winner winner. Gracie just dropped the name Gracie, and you everything's great. And that's why dude still has. Freaking a bazillion uh, schools. That's right. Around, That's exactly know? right. That's in, exactly including right. Including in Fresno. And it, it's still in the height. But, you know, I, I recently talked to some friends of mine who are from L.A. And they were like, oh, I kind of hate the Gracie Academy because um, you can't roll until blue belt. And so it's like I'm not actually learning to grapple. You know, i got to be there for two years or whatever before I can grapple. Like, And that's a perfect example of changing to be more business oriented. That's right. You know? That's right. It's inherent. So what do we think? Let's of, make this more palatable to people by not right. letting you them roll until they're exactly the right, right word to use. You got it. Yeah. And what yeah. ends up happening with that, I think, and this is uh, goes back to my initial thought about Aikido is, um, you the 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 art does not progress. So think about what the Gracies were able to do with the art up to the point they started these academies, right. and think about where it's come since. Then. Right. Oh yeah. Have they progressed the art like? Uh, as much as they did before? Yeah, so this is a real interesting thing to talk about, and, and I think you sh you would say yes, and here's why, and it's an interesting point to talk about, because they, well, you know, like, so it's really unfair to say that the, the Gracies did all the innovation in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but let's just say, no, I mean, I, it's yeah. it's just a, it's just, a, let's just say they have, like and a that's, that's for, overlooking yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of, of famous Brazilians, We're and just, it, I'm not trying to do that, but right. let's just, for the sake for of the argument. For the sake of this. Right. Conversation. So let's say the Brazilian, uh, the Gracies did everything, right? When a bunch of other people started doing it, there was more input. Uh, so for a long time, there's a huge amount more input. So you had more people testing it all the time right, and making right, things right. better. So there was a giant boom of like new techniques and, and new also stuff people wanting out. to, I would assume, show the Gracies up if it all sure that absolutely yeah, all yeah. happened. Yeah, and so so that's uh, that's definitely what happened. But like that's just due to more people doing it. But then as that time goes on, then to make even more people, like if you want to continue to grow. Right. Then yeah. you've got to let in more people who don't do as much. So. And I think, I don't know, to me at least, this is my issue with uh, capitalism. Um, <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying that. But, like, honestly, because it's the it's this constant growth uh, mindset, which is that gotta something needs to. be bigger this year than last right, year. Right. Yeah. Something needs to continue growing no matter what, bigger than it was last year, bigger, 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 which is just not how things go. Well, and, and, and by that growth, we we, we mean, mean the business, the profit, the profit, the, the yes. bottom line profit, right? Because we would all agree that that as an art, it should grow, right? Yeah. Sorry, the business, but yeah, the business, yeah. And and once once something gets locked into that path, into that mindset, once a business gets on that road to okay, how do we make it bigger? Okay, next year, how do we increase our profits? Okay, next year, you know, um, 
people start taking whatever steps that they can to continue to increase That's profit. Right. Yeah. And they start um, changing stuff like not being able to roll until Bluebell. You know what I mean? That's something that's only happened in the past couple of years, but these academies have been around for a while. And so it's like, you'll see, they start taking these steps year after year. Okay, well, how do we um, you know, increase our margin here and squeeze a little money out of them there? And how do we make them pay more fees over here? And how do we you know, grab more people in from these different areas? You know what I mean? They're find, constantly finding, tr- trying to find those things. And and through that, the art grows less and less because, right. like you said before, spending- they expand it to larger groups of people that it's not meant for or it's not good for. And people, you know, aren't getting to actually practice what they want right. to practice and all that or stuff. Or sm- a, a fewer amount of people. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And so that I think that you that what you described about things initially that initial boom because like that b- businesses become competitive and lots of people come in and it gets a, you know, a shot of people coming in like that does happen at first but as the businesses as time continues um because of that push for more money um the art doesn't the art stagnates that's right because everyone's just pushing to get a little more money here a little more money you take your focus off the art and you put your focus on the money so what about this what about like uh going to uh, a club system or going to a system like like hema for example where um you know, I guess there are some standardized schools or whatever, but for the most part, everything is done by a group of people with a similar goal, which is to figure this thing out. Right. To me, right. that seems in some ways like a, a better way to do it um, if your goal is to figure things out. So I think it's a natural developmental stage in, in whatever... Um systems developing and i think what you pointed out about hema right now is right and it's maybe just starting to change now but you know hema a historical european martial arts for a very long time has um uh just been kind of like do it in a garage do it in a park do it in a you know and yeah and like the the head of the school well they know that like well i'm not a master i'm not someone who wrote all this stuff down so we're just working with this material and you know i read it a lot more than you and so it's i can help guide you but you know it's you know we're i'm just all, a dude we're all, yeah. we're all yeah. on the same level that's we're right. all yeah. trying to learn together that's right yeah. and so if you go back to um and we could talk about brazilian jiu-jitsu we could talk about aikido where you know Aikido Fresno started as Aikido Club of Fresno, which was exactly that, which is there was a guy who wasn't a black belt in Aikido, but he did Aikido for a few years. And so he was trying to help some other people learn about Aikido. And they're all just kind of, you know, reading books together and hanging out in garages and parks. And then that's what they're doing, you know. And and then um, as time goes on and those people get better, then they have more and more. And same thing was true of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I mean, just before I started saying Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, every teacher I had uh, was like, oh, yeah, we used to hang out in Hickson's Gracie or Hickson's garage or we used to hang out and you know like it it was that was just that's what you do at a developmental stage you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's a really good time for martial arts because there's a lot of excited passionate people but it's happening in a garage and then after after that we can look back and go like oh it was always this thing's like no that happened in a garage for a long time man like that's what that was you know um so is it I mean so is it even possible to uh own and operate a martial art as a business while keeping the integrity of the the thing i mean it's what i'm trying to do it's it, you know it's like i mean i i guess i You're really like, like yes it is but yeah i mean <laughs> it's, I, difficult. it's a struggle every day yeah yeah it, it's a constant struggle i mean you know um and it's why artists have patrons i mean that's right. that's why artists have patrons so artists can focus on the stuff they're doing and um someone who digs it a lot and is financially capable gives right, them money right. so they can continue to do it i mean that's right. why patronage systems right, right. exist you know that, and i mean that's and i hadn't thought about about it but that would be another great solution is you right. have someone who is willing to whether it's you know the government or whatever um, who is willing to say like this thing is important uh, for whatever reasons? I'm willing to back it with monetary whatever so that the person can focus can on. focus on yeah. the the thing, which yeah. is I think the way. And you're right; like art should be, you know, because if you have to worry about like selling the thing, then you're then splitting your the, time. The thing your is not yeah. going to be as good. It just it's not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I think 
if you're really into a thing, you can quickly go like, hey, look, I don't have all the time in the world to devote to this, but I like that it grows. And here's this dude doing it and he's great at it. And so like, let's let's support him so he can do it, you know, and, and that's definitely a model that Yoshiba was using for a very long time, you know, like. Um, I don't really know exactly what all his financial situation was, but I've read tons of books where people are like, oh, you know, Admiral whoever gave him this much money and this guy gave him this. And, you know, like – and so that was kind of a common thing where – and it's historic. I mean, tell Andy Warhol who had this right, idea right, of right. making everything like a like a factory. Right. All artists existed right. like that, you know, everywhere. Well, didn't Saito have a farm or something? Isn't that what – what's the name of it? Like- well, Saito was a – worked for the railroad. Um, and then he, he had – I mean, I think, I think it's a – it was a garden, a really oh, big, okay. nice garden. But, but yeah, I mean, he worked for the railroad. So, I mean, he supported himself by working for the railroad forever, you know, driving stakes and shit. I mean, like, hard work and learning martial arts in the meantime. I think a lot of these things, too, are kind of like people's retirement projects. And then as we look back at them, we don't understand. That's like, right. uh-huh. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a retirement project is right. what it that was, you know? Right. like Yeah, well, and I think just the way that, depends i mean i can only talk about our society but the way that our society is set up now it's much more like um go big or go home you know like the idea is that like everyone thinks like well if i give a shit about this thing i need to make it my full-time gig because that is like that's how i show the world i really give a shit about it and and i think that's totally admirable because people should be able to 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 learn and do what they want to do but like you know, going all in like that it can be a huge leap, especially in a society that doesn't really support people super much to do that, you know? Right. Um, not healthcare for that kind of person. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but also, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a big leap. But if you don't do that, it's difficult because if you're working a full-time job and stuff, like, it's life is demanding, you know? And so right. it's it's difficult to if you want well, to vote. Well, yeah, I mean, you had the school for a while and were still have had a, another job. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. I feel like, though, right now, it's kind of a good time uh, for these kind of things because um, as much as capitalism and Amazon is taking over, there's also, like, this real, this, this movement toward small batch artisan right uh craftsman type you know and it's nice because with the internet they can put it out there like they never could before um and so uh, while i and i was joking the other day that i needed to start like a small batch yoga studio (laughs) you know like uh where it's like yeah there's it's the class it's just you and me but it's small batch. like (laughs) that's a great idea and rebranding private lessons as small batch that's right um but it there, that is a thing that's happening now. We see it with this podcast, with our patrons and whatever, where it is like, yeah, people are willing to support things um, in ways that that they couldn't before or wouldn't before. Um, but I wonder if that's the same way with martial arts because martial art, like the thing, it's become such a com- it's it's a commodity. Like people are like, well, I I'm, if I'm gonna pay you, I want to be able to punch a dude when I'm done or whatever. I want to be able to, um, all of the stuff that we've talked about in the past about what, what, what martial arts means and all Mm -hmm. that. It becomes very transactional. Right. It's a, you know, yeah, that's a really good point though. Different. Like a a difference. Looking at it from the opposite end though, too, is like when someone is like, well, if I'm paying for this thing, that point of like, I want X, Y, and Z, you know, I want a product. I want something tangible, you know? And so that's like, facilitates that back and forth of well i guess we need to add more belts so that this person can feel like they're getting belt you know what i mean and that's yeah. how you that's, that's how, how that you happens right. you know is it's not just like people on the business end going like we should add more belts because that's a good idea to get money from people it's people going like i'm not feeling a sense of achievement you know i'm gonna go somewhere where i feel like there's right. you know they're patting me on the back every once right. in a while right. you know like how do i even know that i'm making progress like you right know? Like, yeah so. and and that like club atmosphere um it's got like a really fun kind of egalitarian feel to it but a lot of people that need that sense of achievement that need um that approval or um you know proof that they're doing a good job they're not going to get that from it's also scary i mean most people just want to approach a club like they're going to go to some dude's garage and get wrestled around like right they want something big and safe right Right. place with a bathroom and a you know a sauna whatever you know yeah. like something when comfortable we were talking about yeah like if you're talking about 
assess accessibility or accessibility uh-huh. that that shrinks when you're talking about a club, you know. Um, so while it's good for the martial art to grow, it's not necessarily good in getting out to as many people a- as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably some weird mid area somewhere. I think it's that, that garage. Know. I mean, you know, you can make it work. Like I was telling Maya that I, I'm kind of planning to launch an advertising campaign and, and feel free to steal this Aikido people that uh, I want to put a thing out, uh, a Facebook ad out that's targeted to um, 18 to 25 year olds. And basically it's like, hey, look, Aikido needs your help. Like come train Aikido, learn the art from us. Um, and help perpetuate it because uh, we're aging out and it's disappearing. And there's so many great ideas in Aikido and it's going to disappear if, if you guys don't help us out. And then offer them a good deal, you know. And Now, that's not like a businessman because I just talked about get, making them a good deal to get them to come in because I want people to learn Aikido. But that's my focus as opposed to – and so I think there is a time. And I think maybe we can do that right now. Um, but it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's thankless in lots of ways and you've got to accept that. Right. It seems like it's a difficult balance. Yeah. Well, and to, another, to stay true to the art and also, you know, get people in the door. And yeah. another thing is, you gotta you gotta know your product, and you gotta have yeah. well, a you gotta have a, a good product to put out there, and you gotta know your product. And I think a lot of times, especially with Aikido right now, that's a that's a thing that b- the business side is struggling with. Like I think we probably have it a little better than most because we do. On that end, clear. It's clear as day. You can ask Chris. You can ask Mai. You can ask me. We'll be able. You could ask some of our higher or mid-ranking students, even like, and we'll spell it out for you. Here's what we're gonna teach you. Here's what you're gonna be able to get out of it, um, and in these specific ways or whatever. I'm not sure that happens a lot other places. So that's why I'm know. scared to call it a product in the first place. Even though it, we are like. It, it's got to be a business to somewhat somewhat of an extent if you are trying to survive and it's your dojo. Um, but it scares me to call Aikido a product because I feel like that's kind of what's gotten us into this issue in the first place is only viewing Aikido as a way to make money or as a way to subsist. You know, and it's like I, I, I'm totally in favor of people living living off of Aikido because like it should be a living for people. People should be able to make right. money to live. In the same live. way some, a, a painter should be. Right. Everybody and, should and get paid know, for their work. When I was talking but, about like patrons, you know, who, who give artists money to, um, to make art, um, it's also in lots of ways the artists are patrons to the art, you know? So like yeah. I kind of look at it as I am a um, – uh, caretaker of Aikido right. in a yeah. way, you know, like yeah. it's like I spend a lot of time knowing about it. So my job is to make sure it does well. And like a lot of times I give up stuff for me so it does well. But like that is my job, you know, like that's and a good so way to look at it, that's how it shouldn't be looking as making the product right. better. Your like, job is, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my job is I give to Aikido. Right. That's what I do. To help you know? Aikido thrive. Yes, that's what I want to do. You and know? part of that different. is getting people in the door, but another part of that is maintaining it yes. in a good way. Yes, And that's different though than saying you, your job is a, a, I own an Aikido school. Right, right. You know. I mean, that's totally a different kind of thing. But my point, back to my point, I think, again, if, if, we, if we are going to operate it as a business and we are going to say, you know, that, that, the, that there is going to be this kind of transactional thing, you should at least know what's, what you're... Trans- right, what you're giving to people. What you're right. Trans- right. right, no, I know. think that's right. Right, because um, if you're advertising something that you're not following through on, then where does travel? You know, I, I think that's also a lot. I mean, this is why. I mean, the word travel. You're right. That's why Aikido is in the place it's in, and that's why you see so many Aikido teachers teaching other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, like oh, Aikido as meditation, Aikido as body movement, Aikido as cardio, Aikido as whatever. Right. Right. Because it's like, well, it's real hard for most people to explain what their Aikido is doing. And so they just, they, well, you like yoga? Oh, Aikido is kind of like yeah, yoga. We so do we do Aikido yoga. yoga. Yeah. That's what we do. It's mo- it's a movement. Uh, right. And uh, med- That's easier to meditative. explain, easier to teach, easier to understand. Yeah. And especially, I mean, and, and again, I think, you know, is is that good, bad? Who's to say it does not progress the the art at all. And so eventually right. the you you will we will get to a point where I mean we're already there where it's it it has just sort of stagnated um and and we're not improving 
as business you know. people, um, most of the Aikido teachers from the um, 90s through early 2000s did exactly what they should do. As business people, they did exactly what they should do, and they you know milked it for everything they could. Um, but the problem is they weren't putting anything out. You know, Very few of those people wrote books. Very few of those people uh, refined the system or made improved organizations or did anything other than create organizations. Now, lots of organizations popped up in that time. Right? I was like going to mention groups. organizations. So yeah. lots of organizations. And so if your idea is more people started doing it, those organizations definitely did that. But the organizations are just an organization. It didn't make anything better. You know, maybe they made some more stripes and more belt colors and stuff like that. Maybe they did some of that. But like... They didn't, they didn't improve the art at all. And so that's why we are where we are right now. It's like people don't know, they don't know what the difference between Aikido and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is. They just, no clue, you know, like that's a shame. It's weird that you can't describe that difference. Yeah. So I was actually, I, I was, I forgot about it, but then when you said that, I remembered, um, I think Aikido organizations are a part of the business side. Sure, I mean, you could, course. you could say it's not, but I think uh, it's it a is, huge part of that. There is monetary transactions happening which yeah. i believe there are oh yeah for Certainly. seminars for testing for and so. so do you think that helps or hurts the art the art yes it does help or hurt mean more people do it or does help or hurt mean that the system is being refined and developed open question well i would prefer refined and developed uh, no it does not refine <laughs> and develop the, the art does it get more people doing it yes um, now it's not. I mean, like, that's all kind yeah. of falling through. A lot of the Aikido organizations aren't doing so well, and there's all kinds of problems coming up with them right now. And it's because they were basically built on the model of getting more people to do Aikido and making right. more money via that. Kind of you know? like a – not pyramid scheme. That's dramatic. But, but like – It's dramatic, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what all organizations kind of do, you know? Like, right. Well, yeah. I mean, because it, essentially it's um, – we pay – our dojo or our students pay money to be a, a larger part of this regional organization. That's a larger part of this international organization. We all pay money upwards to say that we are part of this organization. And then the guys at the top, I guess, make the money. Yeah. Well, and I mean <laughs> – Is that – I mean uh, – Yeah. I mean – They throw you know, some seminars. The, and, right. Yeah. I mean, the idea is that the, the, the head organization – make sure that all of the lower organizations are up to the specs that we they set for yeah, okay. Aikido so yeah, that that's a benefit. you know that if you're in some stupid yeah, city exactly in the middle of nowhere that your guy is teaching Aikido and you have no idea if he's legit he can go oh I'm part of this organization and you can go instantly oh yeah okay cool you're part of this organization that's good for the student because the student knows that the instructor is legit it's good for the instructor because he can easily prove to right. the student that he's legit it's good for the guys up top because they make membership dues right. membership i mean dues it's or whatever. so i mean it's it's good and if you have enough people to do it that seems like a reasonable thing and at at, at one point in time that probably was not only uh it like financially good it probably made sense um from the standpoint of the art because you don't you also don't want random people saying they do aikido and doing crazy stuff that it is obviously not right mm -hmm. um so you, you want to be able to have some sort of and that yeah. is i i think that Standard. is exactly mm -hmm. what uh the good of organizations could be yeah. you know um, that being said, I currently belong to an organization that will not remain that will remain nameless. That um, I had to join to get some certifications to do some things that I needed to get done. <laughs> I know exactly. And, yeah. um, and so I joined it, and I went. I went he's through he's their not process. being cagey on um, like he has to be cagey about this. Yeah. So I apologize. But but so I had to go through this process. <laughs> now, was going through the process, I knew more than anyone else involved in this. Pro I mean, maybe not more than anyone else, but like. All the people that were on par with me that knew about the stuff that we were covering, I felt like they did lots of work on their own. And regardless of that, that organization helped none of us be better at doing the thing we're doing. Right. However, we just were people who were interested in doing that stuff, so we were good at it. Right. So right? you had to join the organization. Exactly to do what right. You to exactly do. right. And so there's a lot of that going on where it's like, oh yeah, we'll pay us some fees and do, that. and that's that's when you get to the bad side of the organization, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, when it grows too big, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Or when the organizations 
the main goal of the organization is to perpetuate the organization, which I think right. happens. Right. That is exactly yeah. right. Um, yes. Yeah, the be, organization I'm talking about is very because, much interested in that. Right, because yes. at a certain point you have some people who are at the top of the organization who are like, yeah, I have a job. i got to keep my job. So they have to keep that organization running. Right. And then it right. goes down right. and down and down and down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, We're all just like, <sighs> I'd say it's, it's a mess. Man. But, I mean, that being said, I think that if you are okay with the struggle, you can definitely make a business uh, that that works and has it, and especially with Aikido. I well, did, because, works is I mean. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and especially with Aikido because again, uh, the accessibility is high, like you know, generally, um, and uh, if I think that if you explain like the things that it does are um, of. Like it's a wide swath of people who would be interested in that, right? Um, so it's it's like it it's like a trade, right? Like so, someone has a trade, you know. So you're a carpenter. Um, a carpenter isn't a businessman. They they have a trade, and and they can do their job well. And if they make the right connections, then they can ply that trade and make a lot of money and and have a, make a good living. So you can do that with Aikido. You can learn the trade of Aikido, and you can make a living doing it. If you if you rub elbows with the right people, then you might make a lot of money. But um, it's it, looking at it like a business, you know. So no one would hire a carpenter who was a businessman, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like no, because right. like he would come and he would cut every freaking corner right. he could to just make money because that's all he's there to do. And and we do have people like that and they're shitty. We don't call them carpenter. We just call the, the kid you hired who, right. you know, is most of the time mixing or, cement for or too long. Or contractors right. who then hire subcontractors right. to right. do Right, 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 right. So, um, so it's like, yeah, you can make a living doing Aikido. Um, it will not be a plush living. Um, and in my opinion, maybe kind of that's the way it's supposed to be because you're choosing to do different kind of things. That's what I'm saying. It's like if you were, you know, if you choose to be a musician or a any kind of artist, um, you're probably gonna mostly be struggling, unless you hit hit it and get lucky and and whatever happens, and that's fine. And you you make that trade because mostly what you do is what you enjoy, right? Right. And I that's mean, the that's the reward of it is doing what you enjoy. For me, it would crush my soul to do something else. Right. You know, like it would just it would kill me slowly. So there you go. <laughs> there take, you go. Take, so take the, take the, the trace. <laughs> so as a business, this works out well for you. In well, that, yeah. in that you don't die. Yes, yeah. so, I, I keep like, eating. I keep on eating. <laughs> Okay, but I mean, I think this is something we need to be conscious. I don't know if this is kind of a Debbie Downer episode, but like it's it's, it's not, like I mean, I don't know if it, it. I didn't originally have that in mind when right. I brought it up. It just is what. But it yeah, is. it is what it is, and I think that's a really important thing to to consider. And and I, I think we need to we right now need to promote the art more than ourselves right. individually. Well, and I think it's really definitely something like you know all the conversations that we have about uh, Aikido, right? This is really it's the elephant in the room. It's the the tie that's there with all of this stuff is the is the fact that like there are people out there who have to make a living at it, right? Um if you took that away, I I think some of the problems would go away. Right. Yeah, you know, but people quite, also quite quickly, right? But and people it, also have to make a living, and so right. we have to find a way I to mean, ride so that the, line. The thing it is, the the more people you can have who can have that as a profession, the more of their time they can dedicate to it, and the more right. they can be good at it. Right. So that is the that's the bonus of because ha- if if everyone had to work a job and then just do Aikido as a hobby, it couldn't really right, grow right, either, right? right? Sure. So it's like there's this you sweet gotta have, spot. You gotta where, have people who are dedicating. The, their lives to right. it for That's it exactly to right. be able to. Which is why historically patrons exist because it's like, yeah, I want to give that guy money because he you know does this thing awesome and I want the thing to be awesome. And so. that allows him to not have to worry about making a paycheck so he can just do the art. Yeah, yeah. just be good at teaching that thing, passing yeah. it along, yeah. curating, taking care of the art. Yes. Or doing a podcast like this. So <laughs> this is what will make the plea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a nice segue. Isn't it, though? I thought that was great. Great. We just want to spend time. But actually, the patrons do allow us to not have to worry about, oh, yeah. like, it's you know. fantastic. When it came time to buy mics and stuff, we just could do it. It wasn't like, 
hey guys, uh, can you each uh, donate uh, $100 so we can go? We had the money there. We went and did it. It was no big deal. So thank you to our patrons for letting us do this thing that we love. Yes, that means that's means a huge deal. Yeah. Yes, it does. Um, thank you so much to Rob Kidston, John Smith, Brooke Ferragamo, Christian Sager, Francis Cordone, Scott Burns, Sentient Center, Barrett Lippy, Yuli Simgu, Matt Mumford, Lenny Acuna, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Randy Stewart, uh, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, Marcin Schiss, Hillary Jones, Franz Martinson, Brian Crowley, Jim Sullivan, Christopher Acido, Thomas Polino, Flor Hanowick, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Jim Gallant, Genghis Galahad, Matt Riley, Tommy Siv, Dave Dewberry, Ocan, Ayrton, Constantinos, Andrew, and Grant Templin. What are you laughing about, I Josh? I kept trying to see if I could figure out when the end of the list was going to be. And it just did not By come. the, like, inflections of, like, you know, oh, she's taking a breath, Matt. Like, <laughs> and I did not figure I, it like, out. I, like, tried to speed up during the end because I realized how long the list was. It's fine. But thank you to all those people for thinking yeah. this is worth it and, uh, and, yeah. and, and contributing what you can uh, to help us make some. Yeah. I think- and, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, we are contributing to make Aikido a little better for people. That's my goal. So. That's hopefully. Yeah. Um, I would hate to think we're not. <laughs> Tip of the week um, is uh, kind of... I didn't of, even have to ask. I Very know. Good. Jump, um, jump right in. Him. I was ready. Uh, well, kind of goes along same lines, which is even if you're not um, one of our patrons, which you can be, and that's great, and we are always welcome to um, check us out on Patreon, um, f- find a way to help support Aikido as an art. And also separately, so just help support your teachers do what they do best, which is hopefully teaching. Um and so if that is, you know, finding ways to contribute something to the dojo to, um, you know, make it a better place so that people can come and enjoy the art, or if it's, um, you know, donating to, a, you know, a local, um, like, what are those called? Um, scholarship programs oh, for yeah. students or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, donate. If, you, if you've if you got a lot of money, yeah, donate yeah. a student to go to the dojo. That's a great That's idea, amazing. right? So, like, find yeah, some yeah. kid who wants to do martial arts. Good for and... the kid. Good for the dojo. Great for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. or just go to the dojo because, you know, I know that uh, the instructors probably know of people who, you know, have struggle pain. Yeah, right, struggle pain. Like, ah, I'd like to do it this month, but I can't because, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, yeah, you could just go straight to the instructor and say, That's "Hey, cool. I want to pay, you know, her tuition for the month or her, um, you know, dues for the month." Right. Something. I mean, it could be anything, um, and I think all around that goodwill, like that, that contributes to Aikido. Yeah. You know, and instead of looking at it like as a business necessarily, more as a way to like to to um, create a, a good community and and foster the art. You know. Yeah. Well, this is a fun one. All right. I hope I, we didn't bump people out. That <laughs> hope not. But, I mean, it probably a little bit. Hopefully, but. it made you think. Yeah. But. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> next time, we'll we'll be happy next time. Don't worry. We'll be. We'll, we'll find we'll find a topic. Uh, we'll find a topic that'll be on point. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>